Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to mini episode 36 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? In an absolutely shocking turn of events, we have some Patreon shout outs for you today. We don't usually do Patreon shout outs on the mini episodes, but I wanted to get caught up on our Patreons because I feel bad leaving people for so long waiting for their name to be called. So here we are. Patreon shout out on a mini episode. What is the world coming to? We would like to thank Diana Rock. Super Duperstitious. Ben Keery. Moira. Angela Paul. Laura Anderson. Hannah Cox. Shelby Derezinski. Joey Penderson Gillis. Melissa Nisley. Randy Ayring. Danae O'Rourke. Stevie Summers. Andy Chesser. Jen. Finn High. Abby Radcliffe. Lara. Abby Ashby. Misty Miller. Keely Engazath. Rachel Hennessy. Caffeine in Me. Joanne Fleming. Kelsey Anderson-Smith and Timothy Nail. Thank you so much for being our Patreon subscribers. We appreciate it massively and we appreciate you every single day. We sure do. I also have a promo this week. I'm breaking all the rules this week because I was meant to do this promo in Sunday's episode and then I completely forgot because if I don't write stuff down, I just don't do it. So I just would like to firstly apologise to the Spooky Gals podcast for forgetting to do your promo And I would also like to promote (laughs) Spooky Gals podcast. Spooky Gals is hosted by Katrina and Jasmine. If you love tales of real life paranormal and creepy occurrences from ghost sightings and hauntings to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more, give Spooky Gals a listen. I binged their entire back catalogue in a couple of hours the other day while I was cleaning the house. So each episode is about half an hour long. I would particularly recommend the alien hand syndrome episode because that's a real illness and that terrified me. So I'm going to play their promo now. Hello and welcome to Spooky Gals, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real life paranormal and creepy occurrences. From ghost sightings and hauntings to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every week we'll cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts. I'm Katrina. And I'm Jasmine. And you can check us out on our website at spookygals.buzzsprout.com or on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all so much and stay spooky. Goodbye. Bye-bye. That was Spooky Gals. Make sure to go and listen to their podcast. And I've got two listener stories for you today. Uh oh. Just to let everybody know, these two stories are from the first week of February. 
Are you ready for story number one? Never ready for this. Story number one comes from Heather. My mom always seemed to have what I guess you'd call a sixth sense. I mean, she isn't a psychic. She can't see the future or talk to spirits. But she just always seems to know things. In my family, everyone knows that when my mom says she has a bad feeling about something, you listen. Growing up, I remember her always telling me about something that happened to her when she was young. She was asleep in her bed one night, when she was woken up by her grandmother. My mother had already moved to America by this time, and her grandmother was still in Germany. My mom would say that her grandmother sat in a rocking chair by her bed and talked to her for the longest time before she fell back asleep. When she woke up in the morning, she said she thought she had dreamed the whole thing, but could have sworn she saw rocking chair imprints in the carpet by her bed. She rationalised it away as vacuum cleaner marks. After school that day, she learned her grandmother had passed away the night before. That story always fascinated me, and although I believe she experienced this, I always thought it was coincidental, a dream, or maybe something like a premonition, but not an actual visit by her grandmother. But one night about 30 years ago, I was finally able to witness my mom's ability. My sister and I were watching TV with our mom. This was in the late 80s, before satellite TV was in every American home, so we just had cable. As we were watching the show, we thought the cable had gone out because the picture disappeared and the screen showed nothing but static. This was not an unusual occurrence and we usually use these opportunities to run to the restroom or grab a snack. There was no pausing live television back then, so we took advantage. My sister got up to go to the kitchen and I sat there waiting for the show to come back on. I looked over to my mom and noticed that she had a strange look on her face and was just staring at the TV like she was in a trance. I spoke to her, but she didn't seem to hear me and she didn't respond. I called her name a few times and still nothing. At this point I started to get a little scared that something was wrong with her. I called my sister from the kitchen We kept trying to get her attention, finally shaking her shoulder hard to get a response. She looked dazed and asked, Did you see that? We were both very confused and asked her what she was talking about. She said, I I just saw my cousin Jimmy on the TV. He was trying to say something. I could see his mouth moving, but I couldn't hear anything he was saying. We told her that all we had seen was static. Hearing us say that made her look even more confused than she already did. We must have been looking at her like we thought she was crazy, because she laughed nervously and said she must be losing her mind. I remember her trying to joke around like it was nothing. At this point I was thinking that she had had a mini stroke or something and and I was about to call 911. I asked her if everything was alright and she reassured me that she was okay. She tried acting normally by talking to us about other things but I could tell by her body language and the vacant look in her eyes that she was thoroughly spooked. 
Less than 10 minutes after the cable had gone out, it came back on. We uneventfully watched the rest of the show. And a few hours later, the phone rang. It was my grandmother. At about the same time, our TV had gone out. My mom's cousin, Jimmy, had been up on the roof of his house, thousands of miles away. He was trying to fix his television antennae and he was electrocuted. He died instantly. That's some real sixth sense, isn't it? Like from her mother. I can understand as well the fear yeah. of, of that child if your mother's in a trance and then she's saying, did you see Jimmy on the TV? Like I would be thinking, oh, is she having a breakdown? Is, yeah. she, is she having a stroke? Is, she, is, is something happening to her? So I can understand that must have been such a horrible experience for everybody involved. Yeah. And then what do you do when you get that? Like, how do you... I don't even know how you deal with that. Getting that phone call then saying that Jimmy had died on the roof in a, in a really apparently freak accident. It's odd because I don't really see what the purpose of it is either. I've never really understood like that gift. Because it's not like you can prevent it. True. <laughs> it's just like maybe it's something to do with settling your own soul about what's about to happen. Like preparation for it maybe. But it's quite odd, isn't it? Quite an odd one. I thought the story about her when she was younger and having her grandmother read to her in the rocking chair was was cool. Particularly seeing the rocking chair imprints on the carpet. I wonder if that was to do with the fact that she was so far away from her grandmother. Yeah. That her grandmother wanted to visit and say, it's okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gone, but, but it's okay, I need to see you one last time. It's interesting that Jimmy went in the way that he did, isn't it? That the mom found out through the TV. I know, that's really scary. It is. That's, that's really like, I mean, no offence, I know somebody died, but that's like poltergeist stuff. Yeah, you know, when the little girl really is like is. watching the TV. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I feel about mm. that. I I feel quite unnerved by static on the TV anyway. I don't know if I'm the only one who feels like that. But what was that film? Was it White Noise maybe or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not into static on the TV anyway. That's part and parcel of having a TV. Very true. <laughs> So do you think that people have this gift of knowing, particularly when it comes to death? Yes. It's a really strange one, isn't it? Because we've got we've had so many stories of people who have dreamed of loved ones when they die. I mean, I don't know. Is it like an energy connection? I don't know. It could be an energy connection. That's a good way of looking at it. In that they were connected or closely connected in life. And then it's like the final pulse through the bond. That sounds really hippie-ish, but you know it what was, I mean? It was very hippie-ish, but it also had real, like, Harry Potter connotations. <laughs> you know, him and Voldemort are connected with the wand. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really know what the purpose of it, but I definitely believe in it. I'm more interested in to, to find out what you're worried about seeing in the white static of the TV. <laughs> uh, me? Yeah. I just find it really creepy. Do you not, would you, are you not worried that, like, a voice is going to come out of the TV or something I'm more worried that the TV's broken to be honest with you oh, see that doesn't really bother me <laughs> I'm not really that interested in the TV being broken <laughs> Hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And our second story today comes from Adriana. I've had many paranormal experiences. And so has my mother and the rest of my immediate family. I'm sure I could even write an entire book. I wanted to share this particular experience my older sister Carmen and I had some years ago. It's an experience that still haunts us both, especially my sister. It happened after my parents split. My dad would pick up my eldest sister and I every other weekend to stay with him. We were surprised to learn that my dad had become interested in psychic mediums and witchcraft. Carmen and I were a little creeped out over it after being brought up in a Catholic home. One night my dad casually picked us up from my mom's house. I was about 12 and Carmen was 14. When we got in his car he told us that he had to meet with a friend somewhere in LA, which is about a 45 minute drive from where we were, and he needed to take us along with him. He instructed us not to tell anyone about this meeting. My sister and I looked at each other and thought it was a bit weird, but we agreed to keep our mouth shut. So we arrived at this person's home. It was a rather large American craftsman style house and it was about 6pm. The sun had already gone down and the atmosphere from this home felt quite dark. I suddenly felt a feeling of heaviness on my chest when we pulled up and Carmen felt quite uneasy herself. So we were greeted by this mysterious friend of my father's at the door. I remember she had very dark, round, piercing eyes. I felt like she could look into my soul. Her name was Alicia. She welcomed us in with a large smile and the heaviness I felt before got stronger. I whispered to my sister how I felt and I told her I couldn't wait to leave. Alicia and my dad stepped away into the kitchen for a minute, and I could hear them whispering. My dad stood by the door frame and kept looking over at us. I heard Alicia tell my dad, It's time. Come on. Alicia walked towards Carmen and I, and corralled us into another room that had a large fireplace, with lit candles all around it. There were about ten other people in that room, all sitting on the floor. Alicia introduced us to the group, and my dad told us to sit on the floor in the back of the room, and told us to sit there quietly. Alicia had stepped out for a moment, and she immediately returned holding two statues. They were both roughly about two to three feet tall, One statue was of a Native American chief in a sitting position and the other one was of a man too. But this one looked a bit strange. He wore a black suit with a white shirt, 
had black hair and a large moustache, had a cigar in his mouth and was holding a money bag. She walked over to Carmen and I and introduced him as San Simon, which is Saint Simon in Spanish. Alicia held on to him and kissed his cheek and danced around with him and the people applauded and laughed. Alicia looked at the statue and said, Oh look, he's blushing. My sister grabbed my arm, digging her fingernails into my skin and whispered, Look at the statue's face. He really is blushing. To my surprise, when I looked at his face, it kind of did seem like he was. But I told myself that it was impossible because he was just a statue. The group, including my father, then became quiet when Alicia ordered them to stop talking and said it was time to begin. And they all began to chant something. I couldn't really make out what they were saying because as the chant became louder, I felt like I was going to have some sort of panic attack. I reached over for my sister's hand for comfort and I placed her hand over my heart without saying a word so that she could feel how fast my heart was beating. She looked scared and gestured to me to plug my ears, so we both did. As we both sat there with our ears plugged, I saw that each person stepped forward one at a time. Alicia gave them some sort of blessing, and each person left an offering to San Simon, like cigars or bottles of liquor. After they were done with whatever they were doing, I walked up to my dad and asked if we could please leave. He looked at me like I was being a pest, but then my sister approached him too and said she was hungry and reminded him that we hadn't had our dinner yet and it was already about 9pm. We'd been there for about three hours and we finally left after saying goodbye to creepy Alicia. This was our first encounter with Alicia and her creepy statues. The statue of the chief didn't bother me too much. But the statue of the saint, he bothered me. Our second and last encounter with Alicia and San Simon was when shit got real. It was my dad's weekend again. He picked us up from my mom's house and as soon as I buckled myself in, I right away asked him where we were going. And he said we were going to my aunt's house in LA for dinner and both my sister and I sighed with relief. We did go to my aunt's house for dinner, like he said. The grown-ups were in the kitchen talking and my sister Carmen and I were having dinner with two of my cousins. My cousin Maribel, who was about 17 at the time, and her younger brother Javier, who was about 12 like me. My aunt came into the dining room to check if we'd had enough to eat. Then she said to make sure to use the restroom after we were finished and to put our jackets on. Carmen looked over at Maribel and asked where we were going. And before she could even answer, Javier responded, We're going to a river or something like that to meet a witch named Alicia. Have you guys met her? Carmen looked at me in complete fear and I felt my heart sink. Carmen told our cousins about the recent encounter with Alicia. And I could tell that whatever experience my cousins had with her wasn't a pleasant one either by the look on their faces. So my dad, Carmen and myself carpooled with my aunt, uncle and cousins. It was roughly around 7pm. We arrived at Alicia's place of business. She greeted us and asked us to come in and told my dad that they were just waiting for a few more people. 
even though I had used the restroom before leaving my aunt's house like she had instructed us. My bladder must be the size of a pea, so I needed to pee again. Alicia showed me to the restroom, and as soon as I sat to pee, I noticed that there was a San Simon statue directly in front of me. I felt as though he was watching me, and of course my pee was coming out super slow. I got out of there as soon as I could. I noticed that Alicia kept looking at me and it made me very uncomfortable. Anyway, once we got to this river, they began chanting like they did the last time. Alicia then gave us all a white votive candle. I remember the wax melting down and it dripping directly onto my hand. But since it was a cold January night, the heat from the candle wax actually felt good on my cold hand. Alicia had part of the group get in a straight line, including my father, and one by one she had them get into the freezing cold water for a spiritual cleansing bath and anointed them with oil. Alicia told everyone that if we felt something tap us on the shoulder or call our names, we were to just ignore it, and explained that there were wandering spirits trying to get our attention. I found it completely strange that when she said that I almost immediately felt someone tapping on my right shoulder. Then I felt like someone was throwing small pebbles at me, and the woman who was standing near me felt it too, and she looked over at me and said that it was a ghost throwing pebbles at us, and that he wanted to get our attention. And she instructed me to ignore it, just like Alicia had ordered. After each person was dunked in the lake, Alicia and the group chanted, After she had gotten maybe to her fourth person, out of about ten, my sister Carmen began to pant and grabbed my arm very hard. I looked over at her and she was crying. She said she was very scared because she felt a small hand touch her hip and was now tugging at the end of her sweater. I was trying to comfort her, but then she began to tremble and seemed to be on the verge of a panic attack, so I asked my cousin Maribel to stay with her as I went to look for my aunt. My aunt looked concerned after seeing Carmen and walked up to Alicia and told her that my sister was freaking out. Alicia told my aunt that my sister was a sensitive and was picking up on all the surrounding energy. She held on to Carmen for a few seconds, whispered something in her ear, then poured some of the oil she was using to anoint people on Carmen's head. She patted her back and told my aunt that she should be fine after that. Alicia continued on with her ritual, and Carmen's hand was clenched to mine. She began to shake with fear and silently cried. She asked me not to tell my aunt again, and I asked her what Alicia had whispered in her ear, but she said she didn't know. Carmen has always been protective of me, like most older siblings are with their younger siblings. But that time I felt like it was my turn to put on my big girl pants and protect her instead. I grabbed both of her hands and told her not to look at her surroundings, just to focus on me and to try and tune them out, and I began to pray. I was scared, and I couldn't remember the Lord's Prayer, or any prayers at all, that my mother had taught us, so I just asked for God's protection, and the Archangel Michael. I was still able to faintly hear chanting from the ritual in front of us, but I could see that Carmen was beginning to calm down, so I continued to pray but then the chanting stopped. I looked over at Alicia 
and I saw that she had her right hand up, like she was ordering the group to be quiet. Then she picked up her San Simon statue from a small folding table that she had next to her and held his face up against her ear. The statue's lips were against her right ear like he was whispering to her. Then she turned around and with a loud, frustrated tone, she said, San Simon has just brought to my attention that there's somebody here that doesn't believe in what we're doing. Everyone remained silent. Then the group seemed to have parted into two sections, leaving my sister and I in plain view. I could see that my dad was the next person in line for his cleansing bath, and he too was looking at us, but he didn't say a word. I could tell by his look that he knew it was us and wanted us to stay quiet, so we did. Alicia then shouted, Whoever doubts me, come forward, and I will prove to you right now what I'm capable of. I could feel Carmen's grip on my hand get even tighter. We didn't say anything. And after a couple of seconds, Alicia sighed and continued with her ritual. When she completed the ritual, she asked us all for our full attention. And I will never forget what she said. I got rid of all the negativity that had a hold on all the people that I just cleansed. But all that negative energy I removed from them has to go somewhere. So believe me when I say that there's a beast that is going to come down from there. She pointed at a mountain in the distance. He's going to come down really fast. So when I say run, you better run. And whatever you do, you do not look behind you. Needless to say, I nearly shit my pants. A few seconds after her warning, she yelled run. And everyone bolted up the tall rocky hill behind us and into their cars. My sister froze in fear and I grabbed her hand and pulled her. And my family was nowhere in sight, not even my dad. Carmen and I climbed over this rocky hill to get to my aunt's van. We were halfway up the hill and we both heard a child's voice call out, Mommy? And we ignored it at first, but then we heard a child calling for her mommy again. Then I remembered that a couple had brought a small child with them, a little girl. And Carmen knew right away what I was thinking and grabbed my arm and said, Don't do it, Adriana. I could hear the little girl crying and struggling to climb the large rocks. She couldn't have been older than four. I looked up to see if I could see her parents coming down for her, but I didn't see anyone. Suddenly my adrenaline kicked in, and I told Carmen to keep climbing and I would catch up. I bolted back down the hill and grabbed the child and climbed back up. From a distance I could see her parents coming down for her, and her dad took her from my arms. They didn't even thank me. They just climbed back up. Carmen didn't listen to me. As frightened as she was, she still made her way down the hill to get me. And when she reached me, we both heard a horrible sound. It sounded like a wild beast snarling loudly and galloping in our direction. Carmen and I screamed and I grabbed her hand and we both ran up the hill as fast as we could. Both of us could hear this beast directly behind us. We could hear it breathing loudly and it continued to make snarling sounds along with very loud snorting sounds. Kind of like a wild boar. I don't think either of us have ever ran that fast. We made it safely to my aunt's van and my dad yelled at us asking what kept us so long. And I told him all of what we had just dealt with on our own. 
My poor sister was frozen with fear. I explained to my cousins in detail what we had experienced the entire night. They were both surprised that they didn't even notice us. They said it was like they forgot we were even there. Maybe they had fallen into some sort of trance with all the chanting, I don't know. I wish I could say that that's where it all ended, but I can't. We went back to Alicia's place of business. And yes, I had to pee really bad, but I held it in this time. My dad forced my sister and I to enter Alicia's shop so we could say goodbye. She kept looking at me in a weird way, like she was trying to get in my head. I know this sounds stupid, but the movie Village of the Damned popped into my head suddenly. One scene in particular. It's the part where some grown-ups are trying to block their minds from being read by the evil children. So they envisioned a brick wall. And I did just that. I envisioned a brick wall to protect myself from this weird woman. So we say goodbye to her. And she gave me a smirk and asked my dad, It's her, isn't it? The one you told me about. I immediately looked over at my dad and asked him what she meant when asking if I was the one. And then he responded, I told her about what you told me. About the things that you sometimes hear? My dad put his hand on my shoulder and told me that Alicia wanted to help me with this. Alicia then told me that I was gifted and that the things that I sometimes heard were spirit guides. She told me that she needed me to come to the river so that she could give me a cleansing bath. When we finally left, my dad drove us home. I told my dad that Carmen and I loved him very much and we loved spending time with him, but I begged him not to take us to see Alicia ever again and he agreed. As soon as we got home, Carmen ran to our mother's arms like a toddler and sobbed like a baby. So my mom looked at me with fear in her eyes and demanded to know what had happened. So I told her everything. She was furious to say the least. And then she grabbed the phone and ripped my dad a new one. Carmen and I shared a room. And she had nightmares of that night at the lake every night for about two months. And even insisted to sleep with the bedroom light on every night. And to this day, my sister, a woman in her 30s, is afraid of snorting sounds. I can't even make snorting sounds like a pig as a joke. Because as sweet as she is, she is still very haunted by this experience. And as a reaction, she'd very likely knock my teeth out. Every time she hears snorting sounds, her mind immediately takes her back to that awful night at the river. It's time for a PSA. Oh, we're going for PSA straight away. Love it. Go. Parents, if you're attending a ritual that is, you know, might be slightly dangerous or a little bit not usual, maybe find a sitter and leave your children at home. I agree. That doesn't only go for cleansing rituals by the river, but that also goes for boring church services, having been dragged to many myself as a child. (laughs) If you think it might not be entertaining or might not be relevant for the child in attendance, find a sitter if you can. Please. <laughs> so full disclosure, if you're listening to this, we 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 Googled this story because it was so wild that I was like, this this has to be like a film. Like this can't be a real story. So you know what? We're just accepting it as it is. We're just accepting it. So thank you so much for sending it in. I mean, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. And like, 
I know San Simon is is not like a traditional Western religion saint, so it's like it's linked to like Latin folk. No, it's not even right Latin religion, I guess. So from like ancient religion, I think it's an Aztec thing. I have no idea. It's not. It's not my forte. But Adriana did send a picture of what the San Simon statue looks like. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't kind of what I what I would envi- envisage like a, a saint statue looks like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that's obviously my experience of of Catholic of Catholicism. So. And I mean, the cleansing stuff on itself, I mean, it, it's incredibly creepy if you're there as a child, do you know what I mean? Like, all that, like anything that's not your usual yeah. is scary, right? And if the woman is particularly striking anyway, yeah, it's going to be proper scary and like statues shouldn't blush. And if you were, if you're raised in the Catholic faith, for example, and you go to some other faith that's you know, a little bit wild, a little bit out there, you experience something that's completely different. It's it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be pretty terrifying because it's outside of your realm of understanding. I mean, I've had the old oil thing, haven't I? Have you? Yeah, from your aunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did she put on you? I don't know, olive oil or something. Oh, I don't really remember. <laughs> she gave me a healing, actually, the last time I was home. Which was, and that felt a little bit off. But, like, obviously your aunt's doing it in good faith. And I'm not saying Alicia it wasn't. But she's very um, calming when she does her stuff, isn't she? She's never, it's not, there's no threat from your aunt or anything like that. No, it's no, done. there it's isn't. Just, it's, it's unusual, so it's a bit, like, unsettling in that way. But there's nothing about her or the way that she does it that is unsettling. Hmm. This Alicia woman... She sounds terrifying. Yeah, like, stops it because a poor, scared girl is praying. <laughs> and I, I really feel like, Alicia, if you're going to be, if you want to be helping Adriana and saying, you've got a gift, I can help you, maybe be a little less scary. Maybe be a little less threatening. The worst thing apart apart from this is like, oh yeah, I've, I've helped you all by getting rid of your negative energy, but it's got to go somewhere. So in about two minutes time, a beast is going to come. So when I say run, run. And then she says run and all these adults run away and leave their kids behind. Do you think that's one of those things where she's like, oh shit, how do I end this? Because <laughs> yeah. um, a little bit awkward if you're after doing all the chanting and dunking yeah. in the river and stuff, if you just go, uh, thank, thanks for coming. That's it. And we'll see you next week. So a better way to do it is to be like, a beast is going to come down the mountain. Well, no, the better way to do it is to follow the uh, the Church of England example and have tea and biscuits, because that's far more settling. Tea and biscuits would be nice, actually, after a ritual. <laughs> I, especially. Although I wait for the day that the Church of England service ends with the vicar going, right, when I say run. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> That has really tickled me. I haven't been to many a, many a mass over the years. I cannot imagine the demographic of people <laughs> legging it, sprinting from the church in fear. But fair play to them for going back down the mountain to rescue the little girl. Because, you know, Zach Bagans has, has made it very dangerous for a little child to be around me. Because if I hear a little girl in that kind of circumstance calling out to me, I'm instantly going to go to demon and I'm just going to ignore at best. Yeah. Ignore at best. I'm not climbing down any mountain to rescue them. So, in in, in real talk, don't ever let Dan babysit your children because yeah, if they're in, if they're in turmoil, he's going to be like demon. That's exactly what a demon would say. So, if you enjoyed this week's episode, you can find all of the information that you need to find about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. 
You can find the link to all our social medias there. You can find the link to our Patreon where for $5 or $2 a month, you get access to lots of extra spooky and conspiracy theory and Finland doesn't exist content. If you sign up for $2 a month, what do you get? Various episodes. <laughs> Various episodes of 50p Movie Club, which is another podcast that I do with Mr. Keen. I used to do with Mr. Will, where we watch a movie and it's normally quite bad. And if you want to send in your own story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye.